again everybody it's uh jason powers hopefully this broadcast finds you well i'm gonna upload this a little later it's the uh, first day of summer of 2021 it's been quite a ride or roller coaster ride we've been on last 18 or so months uh, in terms of the political and economic climates that we find ourselves in and there are people who are having this conversation earlier today that uh, don't think things aren't as bad as they as we make them out to be compared to other countries but that's just the thing um, those other countries uh, were the things we weren't supposed to uh, seek out as a <laughs> the end result but yet we have people in this country that are so blinded by stupidity that they enconce themselves in this concept of what the media sells them and the media propaganda even with its decline in viewership has already set enough people on the path of destruction and uh, certain echo chambers promote their ideas still and make them uh, more prevalent and it's really telling that uh, like people I used to grow up watching on TV you know the ooh, the Dan Rathers the Brian Williams the Tom Brokaws uh, a host of other people I mean they were on the left and I knew they were liberal but they're just flat out flat out stupid and crazy and asinine and they do it for relevancy because they're old and nobody cares about them anymore but they also are just parroting the lines of our establishment politicians that are bought and paid for and like for example today I read a story on uh, coming off Breitbart regarding uh, Republicans that are eager to do a infrastructure bill now, uh, potentially 11 of them, uh, to you know be bipartisan and work with Joe Biden. And it's not an infrastructure bill; it'll probably be just a it's just a pork barrel spending bill where nothing will actually get achieved, and also we. You probably can't afford it, given all the other uh, stuff that's put inside uh, other things that we have passed in the last couple years due to the COVID uh, pandemic to arrest and or destroy our economy. And it did, because we had at one particular moment in February 2020, we had an uptick in participation rate and employment we had a low unemployment rate and the whole country was feeling better about itself. Even if they didn't like Trump, they, they uh, at least had a job. Well, that's not the case anymore. This person in particular could tell you to that fact because uh, things haven't been going well in my life. But I'm not making this about me, but I do understand it to a very personal degree. And so when we have these conversations and 
and let's not get lost there that those 11 Republicans, you know, hem-hawing or making this play, many of them, you know, the Lisa Murkowski's, the, uh, what do you call it, Mitt Romney's, and the, and the whole host of mediocre Republicans that they are, they're willing to do an infrastructure plan with this particular president, quote-unquote, for bipartisanship. And yet they had no, no druthers, no impetus to do the same thing with uh, Trump, who is actually an infrastructure expert, which belies the, the entire process of what our uh, country is supposed to be built upon is cooperation between the parties, is about the American people, and not about other things. So, who are they going to pay off in this? And who's going to pay them off? Why are these people so we so weasley and, and so e eager to work with Democrats? Because they're not Republicans. And, and it ain't because, and they think that they can win over, I guess they look at it as they can win over more women in their states for re-election then they can win over uh, men. Uh, and this has been part and parcel to a larger problem that everybody talks around but doesn't really state correctly. So women do make up a larger proponent of the voting populace. They're about somewhere between eight to nine million extra votes at the national level. So what does that mean? Women like security and they like to be taken care of. And they vote their pop. They don't. They don't vote their pocketbooks in terms of, oh, they care about taxes. They care about getting more money from the government. They have married the government for at least the last 60 years, ever since they were able to get a no-fault divorce, and get welfare checks, and get aid to go to college, and get useless degrees, or do you know mediocre work but yet be considered strong and independent they've, uh, they've been pushing this narrative and it's a very key aspect because now you have a you've had a social dynamic for the last you know 40 years where uh single moms for example uh, i think in 1997 uh ever since 1997 uh, roughly about 38 percent of marriages are had out of wedlock which is pretty substantial, uh, or not marriages, I mean, a birth out of wedlock, sorry, uh, which is substantial because you have a generation of about half the kids that are born with no father uh, in their life. And you can tell that in the way this current crop of social justice warriors came about. They get indoctrinated at school by women who have resented us, resented males, and they're very open about it, and they don't get canceled for it. Nobody holds them to task and says, you know, you can't go around saying you want all men dead. It's almost like they don't realize that they're slitting their own throat, but they don't care because they hate America. And they hate America in large part due to the leadership that's been going on. But they voted that leadership in. The reason why you got a George Bush, the reason why you got a Clinton, the reason why you got an Obama was part and parcel to them. They voted for this shit. They voted for the endless wars. They may say they didn't, but they did. They, they've outnumbered men in terms of voting block power for the last uh, uh, 40 years. I think actually 1980 was when they, the crossover came about. 
And I, I hearken to that because they're a key aspect, they're a key bloating block that has to be wooed over. And so the media, controlled by many women, at least at the, at the level of pre present, uh, presenting, so they, they present the lines that are given to them. And they don't question most of that. The ones that do, like recently we had one out in Arizona and we got another one down in Houston who have finally said, no, I'm tired of this shit, um, are few and far between. Those are the exceptions. Those aren't the rule. For the most part, as long as they're getting paid well, they'll say whatever you put in front of them. And the people believe it, or at least the women do. And that's a big trouble and big problem. And I'm not trying to make it about women's fault. They're just easily, they're gullible. They're easily uh, confused. They're easily manipulated by feeling stories, narratives. They don't care about statistics. That's why the COVID thing was so, so well set up to, to perpetrate this fraud on everybody. Because all they did was throw up death numbers and propaganda. And really turned that up on high. To go along with the fact they hated Trump. Which they had been pumping out for four years prior to that. Now, I don't want to make it all about that. But it is indicative of why this works so well. They know what they're doing. They're playing this out on us. And I know people don't want to worry about it. I do tend to worry. Because you can't undo or unscrew these, these brainwashed people's minds. Because brainwashing works. If it didn't work, it works on... I'll put it this way. For the most, what do they say? It works on 80% of the people. There's 20% of the people that are highly resistant to brainwashing. No matter what you tell them, they'll resist. I mean, they have a, it's just a personality thing. But 80% of people, some, some amount of brainwashing works. For some, they're fully diluted. Others are probably more uh, issue-related. So certain issues, they're, yeah, they're right on, on board whatever they're told. Other things are a little more skeptical. And, and really, education probably is actually a detriment. The less educated you are, the less educated you are, the more likely you don't get brainwashed. The more educated you are, the higher the brainwashing. Uh, so, um, in that sense, that's why women also are very, very susceptible to it. Because they've been getting brainwashed in education forever and a day indoctrinated and then the media just reinforces that they lock it in if you hear somebody repeat the same thing over and over again to you you know 10 15 20 times the one time that actually somebody pushes back and gives them uh good information that doesn't normally happen and so i think there's a propensity in our society to go along with whatever the media tells you. I'm being followed, so I don't really try to calm down my voice. <clears throat> and this has been this has been noted for years uh, amongst other uh, more intelligent people than myself that you can you can alter society through conditioning of this propaganda and this uh, these narration these narratives that people in enjoy using to get what they want so and this normally wouldn't be uh, a topic of 
the dismay, but we have a lot of people who think it's going to be easy to get back this country. No, no, it's going to be very hard because the rot is so prevalent at the top top tiers of the, of the situation that it's going to take a lot of extra uh, initiatives on people's part at a local level to undo this. They are, uh, there's too much, there's too much uh, rottenness at the very top and it's seeping down into uh, the foundation as one uh, particular gentleman has made clear, especially with uh, in regards to the military. Um, and I think he's very, he has a lot of uh, good thoughts and insights on that. So when you have lose these institutions, in order to take these institutions back, it's going to be very difficult because people who are in these institutions are going to resist. They're going to resist. They're going to use every legal and illegal mechanism to keep their power because they know they have the institution where they want it. These people are not honorable. They're not just. They didn't get there for, you know, they got there through, uh, uh, you know, subversive means. And they're going to use every they're going to use every smear tactic, every every uh, uh, illegal method, including blaming others. Uh, when I say blaming others, they're going to literally create crimes. That's what they're doing right now in Florida with Matt Gates, and that's what they've tried to do with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Whether anybody likes those people or not, it's not that they they've just hitched them. This this whole narrative that spun up, I mean, like it, you see it all the time in the. The more propaganda, the, the easiest propagandist rags to call out are the New York Times and the Washington Post, who post these malevolent articles that they've got it. They have set this up as a race war. They've, they, of course, and one of the more uh, useful tools of a race war is also there is a gender war, and there has been for a long time, uh, in terms of how men look at things and how women look at things. How the liberal women who are are not liberal, they're just leftists. They're just deluded. They're psychotic. Uh, they have a serious number of mental health issues that can't be reasoned with. Um, and men won't do anything about it because men treat women with kit gillips, irrespective of whether they deserve to be or not. They uh, treat them, uh, they give them every chance because we know women produce babies and of course you don't want to quote unquote harm or hurt them in any way psychologically or physically or, or what have you so they have this powder puff we have this powder puff mentality which our enemy knows that's why enemies always deploy women in these situations that's why women were deployed in the cultural revolution that's why they were deployed in Nazi Germany etc etc they have to give a facade of of uh, legitimacy and the easiest way to get that facade of legitimacy is to appeal to women that's why you know we're seeing this now with our federal government they're throwing out the they want to do reparations and payments and they still continue to to, to soft soak the brains of of uh, women in particular they love to they love to uh, militarize uh, black women because black women are just they're just, they're so, they've been sold a line of crap for 50 years, and they believe it. Remember, once they got divorced, they had the highest prevalence 
in our society of, uh, of divorce, of uh, single, uh, having babies out of wetlock, something like 70%. And so that's pretty, I mean, the white uh, amongst different groups, they're the highest. They have this enormous uh, problem. And so they create these thugs. We all know that too. That, of course, when you have a child out of wedlock, you're going to have a higher propensity of, uh, of uh, the, single, the single mom's going to produce a more violent child because the kid never learns any discipline. No one ever disciplines them. disciplines them. They're on the street often. They get involved with gangs and drugs and money. And of course, it's inner city driven because the Democrats don't care about their cities. They never have. And of course, every once in a while, a uh, Republican might come along and try to fight that. Well, the Democrats use the constant smear tactics, and the media always portrays portrays any any white candidate that tries to improve these situations as a racist. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have cities run by women like Muriel Bowser or Keisha Lance Bottoms or, or uh, Beetlejuice up in Chicago, I can't even think of her name, big bug-eyed girl, and, uh, and a host of others like Jenny Durkin out in Portland or Seattle. I think that's Seattle for her. And they're very, they're just very, very entrenched. They, get, they, they start off thinking Women are easily, easy to use as pawns, and especially when they get into any kind of position of power, like a Kate Brown or anything, anybody like that, or Kamala Harris. You see what kind of people they are. You can truly see that they have nothing behind them. There's no, there's no actual soul inside there. And so uh, there's no soul. They don't like men. They use men. They exploit men. Uh, this was done in the Roman Empire ages. One of the one of the reasons why the, the Roman Empire failed was the cultural, because the women control the social spheres. The women of that time tried to push the the, the antics of you know this uh, trans uh, at that time would have been called you know just straight gay. But uh, at that point, uh, they were trying to produce that produce that society where you know gender is fluid and. Anybody can do anything that it's just decay and decadence that just sets in and it did in the Roman Empire Plus they were losing battles Like the US is uh, prone to do now because of the way our military is long in the tooth and being run by idiots who don't understand military tactics or military cohesiveness So you have that uh, coming on board and of course inflation When you start inflating uh, when you ruin your economy inflate away your your, uh, what people have for savings, generate high prices, you, you just call social disruption, thus the bread and circuses of that, of that time, and we have sort of a bread and circuses mentality and still, well, we've had that kind of deal going on, but lately, now the problem is, is the bread and circuses has turned into this woke entertainment, this, uh, this push for, you know, gender fluidity and trans time and all this other garbage just absolutely obscene no regulation of whatever uh you're teaching kids to be just these idiots and that's what they, and guess what uh there's a there's a point in time where i think the globalists use the china model to get what they want and so 
they push this narrative pretty significantly. Um, they moved they move their uh, they moved their base of operation to China because they couldn't get it done as quickly over in the United States, and China was more than willing to assist them because China wants to take over the world themselves. And the globalists are like, okay, good, we'll work with you because we hate the United States. Ever since World War II, we've been hated. It's quite a, quite a quite a turn of fate that we have the Europeans who hate us. We have uh, obviously the Middle East that hates us. Uh, thank no thanks to some of the policies that we we did use on them, which is why we're in this predicament. It really is quite telling when you start wars that weren't valid. We could have done things a lot better. It means that we probably there is a potentiality that we actually hijacked our own country on 9-11, which means that all the people that were involved in that are traitors and should have been hung and executed. Just saying that that's the truth. Uh, because if you're involved in that kind of stuff, and there's some evidence out there that sticks to that pretty well, plus we never did actually. If, if there were 22 Saudi Arabians, we didn't go after the Saudi Arabians. <laughs> we went after the Iraqis. And that was George George Bush's war to, you know, I don't know, do what his dad couldn't do, right? They were pissed of that, you know. These people are malevolent. They just, they don't, they can't stand it when they don't lose or don't get what they want. So they take out their, uh, they take out their uh, policies on us, the average person. So, yeah, there's plenty of blame to go around. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. See, um, you have to, like I said, you have to take, it takes a long time ago. You, it takes about a generation to unfuck everything. So about 15 to 20 years to get people learning right, teach, teaching them people values, supporting and defending your nation, learning some, you know, strong ethos in terms of what you think the country should be, getting rid of the corruption, and corruption can be anywhere. And corruption can be, you have to, you can't tolerate it. And that means, that even means, you know, if Trump is a corrupt fool, then so be it. You see, you have to root this out. You have to come back to a moral center. I'm not talking about religiosity. I'm talking about you, you have to abide by certain principles of the Bible. Not stealing, not killing, honoring your mom and father. You know, this is coming from somebody who hasn't had a father in his life for nearly 40 years, for the most part. Uh, so for me to say so, it comes with a, a certain amount of uh, understanding of what it's like not to have that. So, but those things have to be done. It can't be, you can't avoid that. People think the Bible, there's a lot of people who think the Bible is bullshit. Or don't believe in the tenets or say all the other, they say, well, look at this story. A lot of stories are parables and they're meant for teaching mechanisms. They're not meant to be taken literally. They're not meant to be used as a way to demonize other people. The Bible is read rather poorly by people with very differing and or um, hidden objectives. But, you know, understanding and translating that Bible into something useful, it means simplifying it down to some of some basic principles. You know, the, uh, the Jewish faith has 
I think it was at 504 edicts, and I'm sure most of them can't repeat them all. At least nowadays they can't because they don't believe in this stuff. One, this is a little fun fact, probably about 85% of, of uh, people who are consider themselves Jewish by their, by, their grow, by their birthright or by their parentage don't even believe in the tenets of their own, own religion. They don't, I mean, I'm, when I say it that way, it's because of their political ideology. If you're on the left, you don't believe in God. That hasn't, uh, uh, very few people on the left, even the Democrats, like today, uh, they were so bold and brazen to question the Catholic diocese. The bishop, bishops, like 60 of them, signed a little letter. They're mostly all of them were Democrats. So 60 of them signed a letter saying that, you know, uh, there's a separation of church and state. I go, well, you're the one that's making the issue. They have a right to uphold the tenets of the Catholic teachings as bishops. Their, their duty is to protect their faith faith meanwhile you've got politicians who believe in abortion who do not believe in their faith they're the ones that are purposely purposely uh, 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 calling for abortions late-term abortions the whole idea of uh, their uh, what do you call it the right to choose and their their particular uh, women uh, allowance of uh, abortion up to Nine months at the very end, which tell, speaks volumes about who they really are. It means they're killers, and they know it. And when you call them on it, they get very upset. They get upset because they know it's morally wrong. They know that that moral teaching is, is very, very blatant, very loud and clear. Now, there's been always been this, this uh, part of me that can understand in, in uh, uh, under duress or rape that a woman should have maybe that choice. And even then, I'm, I'm actually kind of against that, which would make me high, hard, hard, considered hard conservative. Well, I mean, the fact is, is if, you, if the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, doesn't mean thou shalt not kill, dot, 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 unless it's rape, you know? Doesn't say that. Now, I mean, there's people, and that's, that's just where... Uh, there's people that believe, you know, we should be amendable to that. And I understand where women would feel that pressure. But, you know, it's more than that. It's more than just even that issue with the Democrats. They don't really believe in any kind of God. They believe in technology. They believe in control. They believe in invading your privacy. They don't uphold any amendments to the Constitution anymore, which means that they are uh, usurpers or whatever attackers of the Constitution of the United States of America, which makes them the enemy of the United States. They may not like to hear that, but that's the truth. If you're going to continue to... They're holding court and power illegitimately because they don't even uphold the tenets of the Constitution. They exploit the Constitution for their power base. They have been exploiting their power, their, the Constitution for their power for many, many years. This just didn't happen overnight. And moreover, they're interfering with constitutional duties of states to do what they need to do, which means that they are betrayers of everything that Constitution is. So yes, if you support a Democrat who has taken power illegitimately, you're supporting a traitor. And that's just, that's just the hard fact of it. Of course they're going to do this, and they're going to continue to do this. 
and I'm just hoping that they, just enough people wise up to this, that maybe some of the gullible women will start feeling like they're in Nazi Germany instead of thinking they're in Disneyland, and that they stop uh, supporting these idiots. Oh, Nancy, you know, because because they 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 always go, well, Nancy Pelosi is a good gal. The fuck she is. She's one of the worst human beings who has ever, ever been in office. She's the worst speaker of the house ever. Just like Joe Biden is the worst president we've ever had. It's not even really a discussion. The reason why they demonized Trump so badly, and I've always figured this was the hypothesis with them, was because of his, you know, his uh, moral uh, flaws. And they've used that as an uh, they've used that as an extortable point that they can extort out of conservatives. They're like, well, you put in a trait, you put in a guy who screws around with women, you know, couldn't isn't consistent in his belief system, and you know, married four times, and blah blah blah, you know, has all these moral uh, deficiencies. Okay, it's a uh, it's nice to think that, but what is he doing as president? He was the one who killed Planned Parenthood's uh, budget. Of course, that made the left very upset. But he was trying to do that. He's trying to eliminate that, which means he was doing more than any conservative. See, I'm, a, I'm of uh, two minds about the, the office of the presidency. Since he has to represent the entire populace, he has to, just do, has to do as much as possible to do what's morally right. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to always get that right. That's part of, part of leadership. Uh, for example, you know, there's there's many who criticize him from the standpoint of, oh, well, you know, he didn't start any new wars, but he carried on the same ones that we're already in. Okay, I do remember him trying to get out of, uh, <clears throat> what do you call, the Kurd situation. Uh, he was trying to get out of, of uh, was it Azerbaijan or what, uh, the, there's a small nation there near Syria. There's a host of Kurds and whatnot, but they're communists. And he was trying to withdraw our troops from there, and the, the Congress had an absolute conniption fit. And, of course, the, the military establishment did, too. They, they censured him. They put, a, they put in a, you know, a, they tried to stop him from doing something that he had, the, he had the legal or had the presidential right to do. That being said, it didn't make any difference because, I mean, that was just one instance. They were, a lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of journalists out there, a lot of people who say, well, he should just withdraw from everything. They're libertarians, and they think, you know, it's very, or they're um, agorism, or they have some of these crazy ideas. I'm not saying that there, there aren't some merits to some of their ideas. I'm just thinking that they're thinking that the president has this unilateral power that isn't ever unchecked, which, unfortunately, we know that Trump, in, in particular, his, his power was checked many times, in many instances, maybe to the the greater de detriment of our country because um, he didn't really he didn't really have the he didn't have the uh, the push on the foreign front to do the things that a lot of people wanted him to do but that was actually a good thing because he tried to do diplomacy in North Korea he tried to do diplomacy in the Middle East uh, through his uh, son-in-law who probably hijacked him as much as he helped him but you know. There, there hasn't been a president yet that, that didn't have that kind of situation going on, even the really good ones, whether you consider Eisenhower, JFK, and some of their, their, uh, 
their actions. And you have to weigh it against uh, the motions of the time. <clears throat> Meanwhile, you have a guy like Joe Biden who's just, uh, he's been in politics forever and a day. And he never accomplished anything unless you consider uh, a crime bill and gun laws and host other stupid shit that uh, he was always involved in. Plus, he was always trying to get get involved with foreign policy overseas in China. Imagine that. He, see, they were always looking to get money off that that deal, and Joe did so. Uh, I think he made like a billion and a half dollar deal in 2013, uh, late 2013. And I guess when it, when you wrap it all up, the liberals that you know maybe have enough co cognitive sense. They just, they just ignore those things. The only thing they care about is his personal failings, whether it be his wife or his ex-wives, his, uh, his family being too close to the White House, which, of course, when you're uh, president, you get a choice of who you want to put in positions. And, of course, the Democrats were probably pretty pissed at, and the Republicans, too, Especially Republicans were very pissed that he didn't put them in their in his uh, chief slots. It's kind of interesting. Like guys like Mitt Romney were actually coming to coming to Trump and after he won, and they were asking, you know, could he put would he would he put them in the Secretary of State position? Romney did that. He told him to fuck off, basically, or towards that effect. So everybody comes to kiss the ring, but they just do it so they can get a do nothing job, from their standpoint. And they do it so that they can be close to the power and distort policy and yet act like they care. It's really a, a neat little aspect of D.C. is that we have many people who, whose objectives have nothing to do with America and have everything to do with their, their, their pocketbook and the long-term and the level that they've been calculated out to do for who knows how long. Some of them have been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years. You know, think of Henry Kissinger. That dude's been meddling with American policy for uh, since 1970. Uh, he was, a matter of fact, one of the funny things I found out was Kissinger. He got fired off the National Security Council, like advisory committee, right at the very end of Trump's presidency. I hate to say it, but that took Trump that fucking long to get rid of his ass. Unbelievable! I would have got rid of him the very first day. I would have had him gone, packing his shit and gone. But, you know, what can you do? You're only one guy. If you don't have good advisors or you don't have people that want to be good advisors, you can't get this shit done. And that's what they counted on. So now it's up to us as a people, as the American people, to try to work on something locally and try to be judicious with our our thoughts and um, start simple build build a process and when I say build a process you know build a process of getting good leadership getting people who are motivated to improve this country and then beyond improving the country uh, you know what are their skill sets you know are they good at education are they good at team building are they good at marketing are they good at media are they good at uh, at uh, building businesses uh, and when I say corporations, I mean, are they good at establishing a, a new entity that can serve either from a uh, manufacturing standpoint or a technical standpoint or a, uh, you know, maybe even a, 
uh, a linkage between corporations that are like you know in social media or what not have you. There's there's so much to be done, and conservatives have been asleep at the switch for forty years. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about average ordinary citizens. Many of us said, "Well, it didn't. If it ain't in my backyard, then I ain't got to worry about it." Well, your nimbyism is, uh, or the idea that it wasn't in your backyard. Well, now it is in your backyard, and you're going to have to do something about it. And it's already in your backyard, and it's already growing roots, you know, under your house. You're going to have to. You're going to have to get this weasel out of here, and that's not going to be easy. And a lot of us don't want to do this shit. Um, I'm just one of many people that would love to contribute. If I was with the right people at the right time, I would do it. Um, I actually would. I think I'm in the right mindset to do something like that. Unfortunately, um, my resources are running pretty low to the point where I, I really can't contribute on the on the on the level that way I would like to and I'm having to make some hard choices and I know other people are feeling this too that that was one of the beauties of this panic or pandemic was to uh, to take people who actually were doing okay and break them down and take away things that they had like job security um, business security uh, health health and uh, actual family security because they also got people to fight amongst themselves because for every uh, quote you know cohesive family out there, there's plenty that are fractured even when they are together, and they knew they could exploit that because they know that people respond to stresses and crises in different ways, and they all expected that. See, the one thing that the, the big data companies have been doing for the last eight to ten years, in particular, when you heard about that term big data, they deployed it on us. They've been gathering, collecting data off our phone, off of our social media. They got terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of information, and they've been using that to model our behavior, model this entire system on the United States. And it's been modeled by China, Russia. It's been modeled by Silicon Valley, Microsoft, a whole host of entities, and they've been deriving their uh, what they need to do in order to get us to respond in certain ways. And they know that many people are very responsive. They're very reactive. And by reactive, they don't, they, they know, they know people react through stressor, you know, through addictions, through uh, 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 breakups, through violence, uh, through uh, media scenarios and, and whatnot. And this has all been propagated. This has actually probably been fed into a military uh, paradigm, which makes it even more insidious because, you know, it's really sad when the tools of the United States military and the tools of the United States government are being used against its own people to destroy it. And the reason why they can get away with it is because the four, say there's 10 million people at the very top of our, our uh, food chain, uh, they're insulated enough, and there's enough of them, and they have enough plausible deniability that they'll never, they'll never cop or admit to the fact that they've been doing this on purpose to, uh, to you. And by the time we all figure this out, it's way too late. Um, I'm not, I'm not uh, unaware of this. I'm highly aware of this, and I know I have my stresses, and they have been triggered. But I've been fighting that that those uh, those uh, more uh, insidious responses because. And no, it doesn't do me any good. 
one of the great things about being through some of the experiences I had in, as an earlier from the time of my childhood through even my early early adulthood years is that um, yeah I got the shorter than the stick on a lot of things so I'm aware of this shit at least I'm aware of how I felt during those times and I try to avoid it that's why I go out and uh, do walks and talk and and whatnot and I know this has been all over the place by the way 40 minutes in I, I say this but um, I think there's an important, I think there's some importance to what I'm saying because um, everybody has to figure this out. And I don't know how to wake people up. I've been trying to. I've implored others. I've been trying to tell my own story. There's many people who don't listen. They don't understand. Um, they think I'm being overdramatic. They don't, they don't see the level of, uh, they don't see the level of potentiality. They say we, you know, we have plenty of assets and resources. Yeah, yeah, you can say all that. You know, you can go look at Russia. You can go look at any country. There, there there's, there's marvelous buildings still in many countries. There's many, many things that get built up in many countries to make give the appearance of, appearance of uh, stability, and yet being highly unstable and uh, 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 communistic. I mean. That, that was one of the beauty that he, people don't seem to realize that back in the 1930s, I think his name was Walter Durante, uh, wrote a, a Nobel Prize winning piece on the Russian uh, situation. And he glorified Russia and he glorified their system. And he made it seem like they had all their shit together. What you didn't know is he got a guided tour from the, the, the people in the Kremlin, the Stalin's uh, people. They gave him, they only let him see what they wanted him to see. And it's the same way, you know, it's, a, it's the same way in every regime that's like this. They put on the big, they, they, they first have to use the big, when they call it the big lie, they have to use the big fraud, the big uh, uh, glitz and facade of stability and power and uh, opulence. And the United States has lots of that already and, and through legitimate reasons. And so the only difference is the Marxists don't want to tear all of all this shit down. Of course not. They want to, that's why they infiltrate it. They want to control all of capitalism. They want to control of all the the, uh, the power lovers. They want to submit the rest of the people. They want the people on the interior of this country to be just their slaves, make their food for them, you know, shut up and do what they're told. Uh, and they'll do that to the people in the city. Right now, you know, when they burn down cities or try to, when I say burn down cities, when they burn down buildings and cities or they beat up people on the street, yeah, it, it looks like hell and it's terrible when we see it, but it's not going, it isn't moving the needle. It's not like people seem to understand it well enough. Um, but they, the detentions are going to continue to mount. And there will be a breaking point. And we already know that they'll probably set up some kind of false flag. And, and then they'll have even more reason to clamp down. They'll say, well, the lockdowns, they, they're, they're treating us like you were children. And they're going to make you behave at some point or another. Now, that's why this is a race against time uh, on, the, on the renewal of the country. And the only way you're going to do it, you have to, I mean, this is, has to be a wide-scale uh, state-to-state, county-to-county Everybody has to get involved to, to, to do this, to make this happen. And you have to bring light to it. And the thing is, is the more pressure these communists feel, the more likely they are to screw up and make mistakes. 
and those mistakes will get revealed and they'll get revealed to people who thought they were on board with these people and then they feel like they realize what kind of parasites they really got are and the, the mask comes off even further and then they'll say okay no I'm not on with I'm not on board with this anymore and once these people lose support and if they and if you get enough people in a room that stand against them these people will disappear they'll leave See, you're dealing with middle management at that level, at the county level. And then the people at the very top of this uh, uh, hierarchy will start to feel like there's pressure being put on them, and they'll start to make stupid mistakes. One of the stupider, stupider mistakes would be, to, would be to deploy the United States military against the people. Because once they do that, then they've, they've revealed their entire hand. And then people will, uh, they can't, they, uh, it, our military, as great as it is, it couldn't submit this entire country. It can't. It wouldn't. They would try. They could probably get cities, but they could not get this entire nation under control. And, and, and as I say that as God is my witness. As much as I, you know, now, granted, if the U.S. military had operate, uh, operatives from China and other places, yes, they probably could do what they needed to do. Now, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen anytime soon, but uh, there is a plausible ability for them to do that within the next year to two years. It just depends upon how uh, other nations react and how, for, how much further down we decline or what operation takes place. But in the meantime, everybody needs to get on board to try to, to fix their local uh, situation. Now, if people say, what are you doing locally? Well, I'm trying to inform people, and I'm trying to create a, uh, a, a, you know, some kind of camaraderie. But I live on a college campus where, uh, right now, it's actually uh, barren, and most of the people I deal with on a normal basis are, you know, they're they're just doing their work and doing their lives. But I'm not in a organization that I'm directly impactful, and I'm, you know, I'm a single man, and I don't have no need to be at a school board meeting. Now the town hall meeting, I've uh, I've thought about reaching out and start doing some work at that level, but it's like anything else. Um, there's certain tasks and aspects that I'm probably more prevalent to not do because of of my personality and what I look like and everything else. I find this is the best medium for me to work on. I figure if I keep on doing podcasts and writing up articles and writing about the doing analysis and giving some background. And, and despite what many people think, there is a there is a certain amount of need to know the why behind this. The the long term objectives of globalism are, are actually eugenics or the uh, Malthusian project that's been been put together since Malthusian theory has been put together back in the eighteen early eighteen hundreds. Uh, that we've had a the Darwin the Darwin uh, section of uh, of science has been constantly looking to. Uh, turn us into these, uh, uh, they, the control and efficiency. And when you say survival of the fittest, they don't want, they think that there's a substantial a number, a number of the populace that needs to disappear. They don't believe in the, they don't believe in the, uh, the population the way um, many of us do. They look, at, uh, they look at the people as too stupid to be uh, controlled, and that scares them, but they want power and they want control over the people. It's amazing these people are uh, ostensibly they want to be they want to be like the Egyptians, uh, you know the Egyptian kings or the Roman Empire. So there's always a potentiality for for the, that kind of evil when you have as much uh, 
uh, I guess you could say technology dominance. And this has been going on and on and on over and over again. I mean, Hitler touched on it, and these people are just, they try to resurrect it. Believe it or not, there were people that were allied with Hitler that were in America and in other uh, countries around the world, um, financially too. Uh, Henry Ford, in fact, probably had a lot had a lot to do with it. So uh, it goes without saying, you have to be you have to be realizing that there's always uh, evil forces out there that'll that'll go along with anything like that. They'll do it quite uh, willingly if they think they can make money off of it. Uh, and by making money off of it, they look at it as money, and money equals power, and power, power over other people is, for some, that's their, that's their uh, addiction. Power over people is their addiction. And people love to feed their addictions, especially when they start getting a taste of, a, taste of that power. Um, it's amazing if you... And this, I'm going to end on this a uh, little bit, and it's I've talked for 15 minutes. So if you look at the people in Silicon Valley, um, roughly about, well, I mean, the, the business history started back in the late 50s, but uh, Gordon Moore with uh, Intel was in the, into the late 60s. But they, I guess you could say the launch of uh, Silicon Valley from the standpoint of what we see today was probably in the mid 90s with Yahoo searching search engines information once information became something that was easily accessible through Yahoo and then Google uh, you had a uh, a pivot inside and many of those corporations were probably working not to not to our knowledge but they were obviously working with our government uh, because the government saw an opportunity to control information and controlling information is the highest, in and of itself, is the highest order of any totalitarian regime. And the thing is, is America had, up until that point, had been, you know, we still were very patriotic. We very, uh, very, we had become very accepting of each other. I can remember in the 90s, I don't think, I, I don't remember racial animus being highly, highly thought of except for in radical circles that used to appear on TV and when you heard them on TV you thought what a nutter those people turned out to be you're like you know how how uh, how how uh, terrible they were but in the 2000s I remember when the time came I think it was around 2005 that they started talking about cyberbullying they talked about Facebook groups and Facebook had just launched and um, Around that time, there was a significant uh, push in the schools. They were talking about all this online harassment and whatnot. And the thing is, is I don't think it was happening as much as they made it out to be. I think they were using that as the setting the seed, planting the seed on people that uh, <clears throat> that's what people of a certain group do. They harass people through the online. And they were setting the predicate, and probably in many cases the, that predicate was being set by FBI people. Uh, I remember there was a, you know, remember there was a big show in the uh, 2000s, I think, uh, called a Catch a, to Catch a Predator, which is, you know, it was all about entrapment of, of certain beings. Don't get me wrong; I think that thing that in and of itself is not a a bad idea or, uh, idea to do. But I, I kind of wonder if the methodologies that they were using was just just a, another 
was just another test cycle to use at a greater a later date for a higher or a higher agenda which was to to take over the populace of the United States in the meantime in 2012 we had the this I think it's called the Smith mood act it was a uh, it was they they created a new uh, uh, version of it and they said that propaganda could be used on the American people and thus in the last eight eight to nine years your media has shifted from informing you to propagandizing to you at epic levels and now it's just it's so blatantly obvious only a fool would not know it but that that being said that's that's I think that became uh, how the internet and how the information systems have been hijacked and how those particular information systems have been turned against the American people by our government, by Silicon Valley, by people who work out there who are just, they're poisonous individuals. And I don't doubt that many of them, like the, the Zuckerbergs and the Dorseys and stuff, many of them have been compromised uh, by our government and told that they will do it, do as they are told, and maybe even been compromised by the CCP also as well because many in many cases like Google they're selling uh, priority uh, search results to China so that when you search certain topics it shows up uh, Chinese sources are referenced first not American sources which shows that how much they've embedded inside of our own country so in my estimation those the, the forces that have been at play have been all about trying to get, you know, by getting control of information, that's why the censorship kicked on around 2015, 2016 in particular, the Alex Joneses and the, and they started doing things with other people, Trump and whatnot, and they slowly started censoring people on the right, of course, they always do that. And by on the right, they're really not censoring people that are actually <laughs> Nazis. They're censoring people who happen to have a conservative viewpoint that would uh, uh, will align with something like 1950s America, which was about you know families and uh, making babies and you know keeping families together and being religious because they hate religion. They absolutely despise religion. We have an atheistic government now. That's why they've been they've spent the last you know, God on, I don't know, 65 to 80 years uh, drumming religion out of the, the, the schools. And all these women are atheistic and they're, they're just, they're dogmatic, dogmatically basically Marxists. They don't care about anything but themselves. And thus, you know, others. And they, they, they don't even know they've been psychologically manipulated, but um, that's another time. So I'm going to end it there. Uh, 55 minutes. I was at walking around for a while, and then I finally sat down for 15 minutes. I hope when I upload, up, upload this, uh, it's listenable. Thank you.